Let's spend, I think, uh, three sessions on 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 4, 5. I know I've only got through 4, 2 here because that's what we're going to do in this session. And the focus of these three sessions is going to be on preaching. And I know that probably most of you who are with me here in these labs are not preachers, but some of you are. And if you're not, then what I hope this shows is how you can pray for preaching. Preachers need to be prayed for, and how you can attest preaching, and how you can call a preacher. So I have at least 10 traits of preaching that I see in this, and they are so crucial, it will take two sessions, I think, to unpack them all, and it's so important that we see them contextually. So, Father, as we look at preaching in these verses, help us to be attentive to what Paul is trying to get Timothy to do and what we need to do and support and pray for and be affected by. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we've already done uh, a lab on 3, 16, and 17 about the the God-breathed Scripture, but I'm going to include these verses anyway because of how closely they relate to preaching. All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And you'll notice, no chapter break here. Just ignore the chapter break. This starts chapter 4. If you, if you make too much of a chapter break, you'll miss connections. I charge you, in light of this amazing statement I just said about Scripture, referring here to the Old Testament Scripture, but by implication, all the Scripture that was completed by the promise of Jesus when he appointed apostles and led them to teach the church with the foundational teachings, which we regard as the New Testament Scripture. In view of all I've said about God-breathed Scripture, I charge you, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and of his appearing, and by his appearing, and his kingdom, preach the word. Central imperative in this whole section. Here's another imperative. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. And you might ask, well, Shouldn't we put this imperative, these imperatives, on the same par with this imperative? Should everything revolve around preaching, or is preaching just one, and then be ready, instant, there? Reprove is another, rebuke is another, exhort is another, patience is another. I don't think so. Because these words right here, reprove, rebuke, and exhort, correspond interestingly, to what the Scripture is for. All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for exhortation, 
So I think in Paul's mind, when he says, preach the word, he has in mind this scripture word. There's no reason to limit it or jump to some other word. And therefore, we should not treat preach the word as one imperative among others of equal standing, but rather see this readiness and these as part of the handling of the word here. So let me step back now and look for the ten traits of preaching in this text. We're just going to cover four of them this time. I charge you, in view of all this amazing statement about the inspired scriptures, I charge you, that's a very weighty word, not just I tell you, or I share with you, or I suggest to you, but I charge you, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Now that is simply astonishing. I don't know of anything like that introduction to a command anywhere in the Bible, at least not anything surpassing it in what I would call just weightiness. So if you ask, why did Paul do that? Why did he introduce this command, preach the word, with one, two, three, four, five, six weighty observations about the presence of God in the preaching of the word? Let's just take them one at a time. We don't need to say much about them, but when you preach the Word, Timothy, remember you're doing it in the presence of God. When you preach the Word, Timothy, remember Jesus Christ is attending to this in the presence of Jesus. When you preach the Word, remember, Timothy, this one who is watching and attending is going to judge everyone, not just the living not just the dead, but the living and the dead. This is the one in whose presence you are preaching. Every person you talk to is going to be judged by Jesus Christ. Let this weigh on you, Timothy. He's going to appear, and when he appears, he's going to rule over the universe. That's the kind of thing you should be thinking about, feeling holding up before yourself and your people when you preach the Word. So my first trait that I'm going to insist upon for preaching is it's serious business. It is serious business. It is weighty. It is heavy. It is glorious. And oh, that we not take it lightly and treat it like a mere entertainment. Second, what is to be preached? The Word. And I have said before that I say this refers to the Scripture. Don't limit it to some aspect of the Scripture. Don't say we just preach the Gospel. Preach the whole counsel of God because all of it is profitable for this, which is what you're supposed to do down here. 
with it. It's profitable for correction, profitable for training. All of these things you preach the whole counsel of God. So, preach the Word. Scripture. All of it. Third, it is preaching, not teaching. Teaching is part of it. But he chooses the word preach, and the word is keruso, which in Greek means herald. So I'm going to say heralding is part of what preaching is. And heralding simply means a keruso, a crux. Karux was a town crier, a person who comes to the subjects of the king and says, Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye, the royal word is sounding forth. The king has a message for you. It might be a message of amnesty, which is what it is in the gospel. Everyone who bows the knee before King Jesus and swears fealty to him and repents of his sin will have all of his past crimes forgiven. There, there is a, a heralding quality to preaching. We don't just explain things. We herald things, which is why I call it expository exaltation. Preaching is expository. It explains Scripture because it has teaching in it, and it is exaltation because it is heralding. And the fourth thing I would draw attention to is be ready. Do this with readiness in season and out of season. In season, out of season. And we usually think of the preacher's seasons when we do that, right? Is he sick on Sunday morning? Do it anyway. Are there troubles in the family? Do it anyway. Whether it's easy and seasonable, or whether it's hard and unseasonable, never stop ministering the Word and, in particular, preaching. But it may also refer to in-season and out-of-season for the people, the listeners. Sometimes churches go through tremendous seasons of, of welcoming the Word, and other seasons of not welcoming the Word. And the preacher must preach through those seasons as well. So let's put four um, in every season. It's season. So four marks of preaching. It is deeply serious business. It is the preaching of all of Scripture. It is heralding announcing, declaring, exulting, and not just teaching, and it is in every situation. Now, there are six more traits here. Let's look at them next time.